give it up for them as they head out. Excited for them to go have a blast of workshop tonight. If you see uh, one of our kids' life workers, will you say thank you tonight, whether you're a parent or not? Um, they do a huge job, a huge ministry for this church, and they're telling the kids of this church about Jesus Christ. And that's huge stuff right there. So make sure you tell them thank you tonight and uh, give them a high five, make them smile. It'd be awesome. All right. How's everybody doing tonight? All right, good stuff, good stuff. One day we'll get there. One day we'll get there. One day. I have high expectations for you. I'm just saying. I want loud, thunderous applause. Not because of me or because of Pastor Fred, but because we're in his church, right? How many of you guys happy to be in church tonight? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I saw spirit fingers back there. That's awesome. Somebody said, me? That's awesome. Well, hey, uh, so we're kicking off our Kingdom series tonight, and, um, or not kicking it off, we're continuing uh, with our Kingdom series, and uh, tonight we are talking about the parable of the mustard seed. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 13, uh, as we will be um, there tonight, working out of that as our text tonight, Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 31. I was telling uh, Kevin uh, Garcia down here, I was so mad, he's wearing mustard pants, I was like, dude, that is so awesome. But I was mad because I have mustard pants, and I honestly thought about wearing them, but I was like, no, I shouldn't wear them. And then he wore them, and so I'm going to be envious of his mustard pants the entire time I'm up here, and how awesome it would have been if we had mustard times two. That would have been good. But uh, excited for tonight, um, uh, excited just to be here with you guys tonight, love being in Newport News, and just uh, getting a chance just to, to share with you guys and have fun um, here. Worship was phenomenal tonight, wasn't it? Man, it was so good, man. Good stuff. All right, well, we're going to be uh, uh, just kind of catching up tonight and uh, just talking here just for a second and then jumping into the message tonight, and uh, we'll see uh, where God takes us um, here in just a little bit. Um, got a lot of different thoughts, a lot of different notes, and uh, so we'll see what happens. Should be fun. But uh, as we've been starting off the series, we kicked it off a couple weeks ago, and Pastor Fred and I have been working together on this series, and it's been uh, a fun one for us. I mean, just on Thursday, we were just talking about how cool it's been to see the progression of where it's going and how it's all falling out. And, you know, honestly, um, it, it's going way better than we even thought it was, right? And uh, just in the sense of the way it's going and how God's working things out and his timing of, of different things. And we're just like, man, that's just so cool. And it just reminds us just how, how uh, God is in control of things, right? That we're not in control of things, but yet he allows us to be a part of it, right? And, uh, but we were like, hey, we should take credit for it, though, because this is pretty good. It's working out really well. And, uh, but it's just been fun just to be a part of this um, sermon series and just uh, to hear God speaking to us and to each one of our lives and have so many people say, man, I just, you know, God's been speaking this to me. I know out in Waynesburg, um, our life groups, it's just been incredible. Um, the past week, just a couple of the life groups, the things that God's been doing in those groups, uh, one group. Um, they just, man, just had times of prayer together, and just God was moving in people's hearts, and they were asking questions and just stirring them, and emotions and all kinds of things were being stirred. It's just awesome to see that when people are saying, God, what do you have for me? God, I want to surrender all to you. And, uh, and so it's just been awesome to see that. And so we started off, and in, in, uh, the first week we talked about how uh, this is a kingdom that Jesus came, and he came to bring his kingdom, and it's a kingdom of consequence. And so we talked about that, that Jesus came, and he spoke in parables. And, uh, and, and one of the things that we, we talked about in the Williamsburg campus was is that he spoke in parables so that he could conceal, 
he could conceal his kingdom and that he could reveal his kingdom at the same time and that he came to, to, to divide those that were mildly curious in the things of God and to claim those that were desperately seeking God. And so, and so that's, that was the, the reality that Jesus comes to present in the sense that there is a consequence. There's a consequence for your unbelief and there's a consequence for your belief. That if you choose to not believe in God, that there is a consequence for that and that consequence is hell. But if you choose to believe him and surrender all to him, then there is a consequence for that, and that is life and life abundantly. It is heaven now and heaven forever. And those are the consequences that we have there. And why can Jesus come and issue this type of consequence? Why can Jesus come and say that there is a consequence? Either believe in me and, and choose life, or don't believe in me and choose death. Why is that? Because Jesus is the king, and he came to establish a kingdom of authority. That he came to say, I have every right to claim everything from you because I am a king and I am bringing forth a kingdom on this earth. It's heaven to come and take control of this earth and that he has absolute authority and that he himself is the benchmark for truth, as Pastor Fred said. That he came to establish a, a, a new rule, a new order, a new way of living and it was through him and he claimed all authority in doing that. And so as we looked at these two things and we see the consequences that are before us as our belief and, and whether we choose to believe in him or not, and we, we have this sense of understanding consequence because he has authority and that there is a result of that, right? Pastor Fred talked about it. If you have people that are in authority of your, over your life, if you don't listen to your boss, what's going to happen, right? Right? Kids, if you don't listen to mom and dad, what's going to happen, Right? right? There's a consequence to that. There's going to be situations and sufferings. Maybe some of you, you're just like, I might have time out for five minutes, and some of you are just crying right now, thinking of what could happen to you. But, you know, it, it's just, it, it's the reality that when there's authority in our life, that there is a consequence. And tonight, what we're focusing on, what we're shifting to is, is that when we say, Jesus, you are king. You have all authority in my life. You are everything, and I surrender all to you. That Jesus comes and he says, that is the fertile soil. That when I plant a seed in that, begins the kingdom of growth. And so that's where we're going to be tonight. And so let's, let's pray real quick before we jump into this. God, we just pray here in the next few minutes that you speak to us. God, that your word will be revealed to us. Lord, your word says that faith comes by hearing the message. And the message comes by hearing the word about Christ. And God, we pray that tonight that we will make much of Jesus and that you will speak to us and that you will open our ears and open our hearts even further. And God, those that are in here tonight that refuse to see you, God, may you penetrate that hard soil. God, may you work in each one of us tonight and draw us closer to you. God, we thank you for that. And I thank you for Starbucks and the six espressos that I just had. Amen. Amen. All right. I did. I'm not lying. I'm a little jittery. We'll see what happens. They told me I had to end early, and I was like, I'm long-winded, so I'm going to drink a lot so that I have to pee before long, and I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. So it's just, there's going to be a consequence if I don't. So I just went ahead and just said, you know what, I'm going to do what I got to do here. So, uh, so anyway, so, okay, so kingdom of growth. This is what we're talking about tonight, and um, this, is, this is a huge transition in these parables and that, that Jesus has gone through and he's been establishing his authority and establishing himself as the king. And tonight, as we go through and we look at this, this is for if we choose to follow Christ and we choose to have this open heart, this fertile ground in which he plants the seed of the gospel in. 
that there is growth that comes with that. And so when I was just thinking about growth even just this week, I was laughing the other day. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram. If you don't, I'm sorry. You're missing a lot of great meals that I eat in my life, but you should start following me. But uh, Instagram, uh, the other day I tweeted, me and Brain were walking into school, and like I was walking and <laughs> behind him, and the Joker's pants were like this too, you know, this short. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just walking with high waters. And I was like, dude, those jeans are not even two months old. And I asked Michelle, I was just like, so we got to this Michelle school, and uh, I said, look at his pants. And she goes, I just bought those, you know? And she's like, this kid is growing like crazy. And he is, and like, it's just insane. Like, every day I try to get him ready for school, and I'm like, put the shirt on. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Put these pants, oh, my gosh. You're going to look ridiculous today. I don't know what else to tell you. Go. And so, you know, but it's just like, what are you going to do, right? He's an eight-year-old boy getting ready to turn nine. They grow, right? Right? Parents, right? It happens. They just grow. They outgrow their shoes. He doesn't have any shoes. He's like, you know, he's like, here, put these shoes on. He's like, they hurt my toes. And I'm like, get over it. I don't know what else to tell you. Cut the toes off. I don't know. Just do something, whatever. But like, I can't keep up. I can't afford it, you know? And so I'm just thankful for flip-flop weather coming, right? Because <laughs> it's just like, whatever. So, so, but he's growing. That's just what he does. And everything else, there, there's things in life that they just grow right? It just happens when we look at the, the yard, right? The grass is going to grow. It's just going to grow. It's just happening, right? That's what it's supposed to do. And so I could go on and on and on into that, into that reality, but the truth of the matter is the same thing here, and we begin to see something that God is revealing to us and that Jesus is speaking to us when he talks about the kingdom of heaven looking like a mustard seed. That he's showing us and he's saying, listen, the kingdom of heaven is going to grow, to be what it's intended to be. It's going to grow to be what it's intended to be. And so let's go ahead and let's read Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. You know what? I already messed up on my slides right there. I'm so bad at this. All right, Matthew chapter 13, <laughs> verse 31. I don't even know where it's at. We'll get to that in a second. But Matthew chapter 13, verse 31, it says, Put another parable for them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air will come and make nest in its branches. When Jesus is standing here and he's beginning and he's sharing this parable and he's going through and just talking all of these different parables and he's speaking to the multitudes that are in front of him, he's speaking primarily to Jews. And this is a, a big thing for them, and, and th that's important for us to understand the context of what he's speaking, because this doesn't always make sense to us, right? When we think mustard seed and we think mustard plant, we think a small little thing that's an herb kind of grows, we pull it up when we're done with it, and that's it. For them, the mustard seed was a, a, it was a, it was a source of income. It was, a, it was something that, if you go there and look, it's a, it's a black mustard seed, and actually does grow into large tree-like looking plants. But its oil, even today, is one of the biggest things that that area exports. And so it's a way of life. It's so many different things that are happening. And he says that this, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. He's speaking to them in their language to get them to understand something huge. And he's also at the same time continuously, as we see throughout all of these parables, claiming himself to be king. And so he's speaking to them, and he's speaking to them in their language. And I think that's huge because for each one of us, we need to get in here that God is a living God that is speaking to us. We think sometimes he's distant and he's far off, but God speaks to us and he speaks to us in our situations. And he reveals himself to us. So even tonight, open your ears and say, God, are you speaking to me? What do you have to say to me? 
And so he speaks to them in this moment, and he says, hey, he says, it's, a, it's the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and he sowed. And so what he's saying to them is, is mustard seed, when you plant it, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You plant a mustard seed, what's going to happen? All right, what's it going to grow, though? A mustard plant, right? <laughs> if you plant an apple seed, what's it going to grow? All right, so that's what he's saying. Hey, listen, when I plant this, when this is planted, this is what's going to grow. And as he's speaking to the Jews, what have they been primarily waiting for? What have they been hoping for? They've been hoping for the Messiah to come, to be the king that they've always hoped for, to see the kingdom that they've always been promised to have. And so they're standing there, and God is, is speaking to them, and Jesus is saying, listen, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's intended to grow to be what it is intended to be. It's going to grow. This thing is going to become what it's supposed to be. Why is this big for the Jewish people? Why is this big for us today? Because for thousands of years, the Jewish people had seen kingdoms come and kingdoms fall. They'd seen kings stand up and they'd seen kings standing and talking to God. They'd seen Solomon on two times actually talk to God and be directed from God later on in his life to reject God and to walk completely away and turn to other gods. They'd seen kings stand and they'd seen kings fall. They heard the promises that they were supposed to be his chosen nation, a big kingdom, a massive kingdom that was supposed to show his glory, and they themselves in his day are standing there after 600 years of isolation, now under the Roman kingdom, wondering what are they supposed to do? What's this promise that God has spoke of? What is this thing that he says that's supposed to come true? Where is this Messiah that we've been waiting for? And he says it's coming, it's coming, and it's been planted and what it's supposed to be, it's going to be. You can hold true to that, and you can believe that to be true. So he's speaking to them, and he's revealing to them that there is a reason to hope. There's a reason to believe that what God plans to do and what he says he's going to do is going to happen. That's it. So believe it to be due and believe it to be strong. See, because here's the deal, here's, here's the reality is, is for them, for the longest time, and for each one of us, the reality is, is that each one of us, we have a tendency, from the beginning of time, we've had this issue where we've had an opportunity to choose God's way and to live for him or to choose our own way. And every single time, we choose our own way. That's what the nation of Israel's done, and that's just the way it is. In Romans chapter 8, verse 7, it says this, For the simple nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. And so Israel has found themselves in this place of never choosing God's way. They've always chose their own way. We find ourselves doing the same thing, but yet we see these promises. We say, God, you promised this, and, and we believe it to be true, but we've tried for so long, and we, we tried to make this happen, and we've seen so many instances where it could have happened, where it could have taken place, but it didn't. And God's saying, I'm telling you, my word is true. My promises are true. The kingdom of heaven is going to grow, and it's going to be what it's intended to be. And it's going to grow because it's possible and only possible through Jesus Christ. And so he begins to show them that kingdom growth is going to happen. It's just there. It's been planted. The seed has been planted. It is there. It's going to grow. It's going to be what it's always been promised. They're going to see God standing there declaring himself over all things ruler, and he's going to see every single knee bowed to him. And this growth is possible only because of Jesus. 
So if we go and we look at this verse, here's a couple things. Just, just to pull out this real quick, is that this is a parable. So we've got to be careful on this, is that sometimes there's a fine line on parables and allegories. That sometimes parables are just taking things in life and just pulling a parallel truth to it. An allegory, you can take, you can go different ways and pull out different truths at different times. And so we go through and we look at this parable, and Jesus is saying, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took, and he planted. See, this man that we're talking about is Jesus, and the seed that we're talking about is the gospel, and he planted it in the world. And so he's saying, listen, the kingdom that's always been promised, it's going to be true, it's going to rule and reign, and it's only because of me. And he declares it to be true, and he declares it right there in that moment. It says, this thing is going to happen. And, and, and here's the big thing. For each one of us, we've been struggling. We, we go through, and we, we go through our lives, and we say, you know what? I want to make these decisions. And, and, and we try to, to live our lives for God our way, and we try to do these different things and try to follow the rules and try to follow the things that are before us. And we try to be a part of the church life and try to do those things the way we're supposed to. And, and we're going through, and we're doing all this different stuff, and, and we struggle, and we see these issues where things don't always work out and things don't always happen the way they're supposed to be and we struggle with those realities and we struggle with the way that we feel in those moments and we struggle with what we feel sometimes to be disappointment from God and we we find all of these issues in our own self because we our nature is to always choose our own way and not God's way and he's saying in this scripture verse and one of the big things that we need to get out of this is that Jesus is the only way that he is everything. He is our hope. He is our life. He is our sustenance. He is everything. Jesus is the one that has done everything that needs to be done. In Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6, it said it was in our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion and crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of all. Listen, it's all Jesus. It's only Jesus. It's always Jesus. And Jesus alone saves. That's what it is. You've tried your way. Israel, you've tried to be this kingdom that's tried to do it your way. You've had powerful kings that have tried to step up, and they've even been godly kings at time, but they've always failed. You in your own life, you've tried. You've done everything that you can do. You've tried to follow the law to the T. You've tried to do all the rules and look the part, but you've always ended up failing because you can't do it on your own. It can only be done through Jesus. The kingdom that Jesus is issuing, the kingdom of heaven coming and taking control of earth is only possible through Jesus, not through anything that we can do. And so in that we see that the kingdom is possible and we see that the kingdom is only, it's only possible because of Jesus and that it is going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to grow. And this is huge for us tonight to pull away this little truth and that is that we look at it oftentimes 
And we say, man, if I get saved or I've been a Christian for this long and this is where I'm supposed to be, and we start putting these ideas on ourselves or we allow other people to put ideas on ourselves or where we're supposed to be in our walk with God or what we should have accomplished, and we start allowing all of those things to dictate to us where we are in God. Look, here's the deal on this. This mustard seed, he goes through and he says it's the smallest seed. Can I just throw this out to you tonight? That the kingdom of heaven, it starts small. It started different than anybody ever thought that it would be. It looked completely different than when the Israelites at the time thought it was going to look like. It looked completely different and contrary to anything that they had even hoped for. And it started small, and it started with people that nobody ever would have picked for themselves. It starts small, but it continues to grow. Because it's going to be what God has always intended it to be. It's going to grow. It's going to happen. It's going to be what God wants it to be. And you yourself, you're going to be what God wants you to be when you surrender yourself to him and say, God, I believe in you. You're the ultimate authority. I know there's a consequence for my unbelief, but I know there's a consequence for my belief. And when I believe in you and when I hope in you, that you will make all things new. And that it is not about what I've done. It's not about who I am. It's not about any of those things. It's only about you. And it gives us a faith and a strength. Because listen, it's our, it's, it's our inability, not a perfection, that gives us value in the kingdom of heaven. Let me say that again. It's our inability. Not our perfection that gives us value in the kingdom of heaven. It's our awareness of who we are not. And it's our awareness of who he is. And our continual submission to that. And saying that I can't do this, but you can. And as we do that, that God will use us for big things for his kingdom. And that he advances his kingdom through each one of us. And so tonight, one of the biggest things I want you to hear, and I believe that God has for us tonight is, is that who you were does not define you. Who you were does not define you, and who you are now does not limit you. You are his child, and you will grow to be the man and woman of God that he wants you to be. Trust in him, hope in him, and look to him. Don't despise the small beginnings. You look at yourself and you say, man, this is not where I want to be. Don't despise that situation. Find out where you are right now and where God wants you to be and trust that and lean into it. Yeah, you make mistakes and yeah, you do things that you shouldn't do. Don't look at those situations and say, that disqualifies me. Say, God's big enough to forgive me. I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to chase after him. It's going to continue to grow. It's gradual that you may be in one place today, but tomorrow you will be in another place. That God will take you from where you are and put you where he wants you to be. That is the hope of heaven. That we are continually growing into him and being more like him. Don't disqualify yourself because of where you are today. Trust that he is growing you and loving you and extending his grace to you, and showing you how to live the life that he's called you to live. Because you got to get this and understand this as well. That it's possible because of Jesus. This life, this Christian life, this kingdom life, it's possible in this world, and, and all that we believe, and all that scripture speaks of it is true, and it's able to happen because of Jesus Christ. 
And it's one that's going to be continuous. It's one that's going to be gradual. And that speaks to each one of us to trust in the things that God's doing. To look at the situations and circumstances we're in. And not allow all those things to define us. But for those to be the platforms that God uses to build us up. And as we do that, and we begin to see that growth is beyond our efforts. Growth is beyond our efforts. Don't have time for it tonight, and I wish I did. But in Ezekiel... I've got to wrap up in three minutes, so how's this going to happen? I don't know. But in Ezekiel chapter 31, there's three other times that, there's three other times that God refers to a kingdom as a tree that's growing in which its branches provide shelter and provide life and sustenance. First one is Egypt, or Assyria, I should say. The first one's Assyria, and in the second one would be Egypt when God is speaking in prophecy to Egypt about how Assyria was the greatest and the most known kingdom and most dominant kingdom and that it fell. And just like it, Egypt is going to do the same. It's going to fall. It's going to crumble. It's going to be crushed. Because they're doing everything in their own efforts. They're doing everything in their vain pride. They're doing everything for their accomplishments. Third place would be in Daniel where Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, is standing there and he's having this dream and well he's probably laying there and having a dream but he's having this dream and he goes to Daniel and says Daniel I don't know what this dream is about but this dream was about this tree and all this different stuff and then it was cut down and then all of a sudden the tree what is what is this about and Daniel's just like me why you always put me in these spots this dream's about you don't kill me you know and so he's going to Daniel and he says here Daniel says listen this dream's about you the dream is this is that you are the tree and you're proud of what you've accomplished. You're proud of what you have done. God's going to break you down because he wants you to understand his heart. And there's going to be a period of time where you're going to be humbled. And you're going to see that God is in control of the heavens. That he is the one that sets up the kingdoms and establishes the thrones. That God is the ruler of all things. So Nebuchadnezzar goes through and he says, okay, sounds great, lives his life. And then finally one day he's standing on a balcony looking over his kingdom and says, look what I've done. And in that moment, God speaks to him and says, here you go. Get ready to start the journey where you're going to be a crazy man with crazy nails eating grass. Nebuchadnezzar spends seven years out in the field and finally he's broken. And finally he looks to heaven and he says that his sanity was returned. And he says this in verse 36 of Daniel chapter 4. He says, when my sanity returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored as head of my kingdom with even greater honor than before. Listen, the kingdom of heaven is growing. It's advancing. It's advancing through you and me when we surrender our hearts to Christ, when we give ourselves completely to him and say, I am yours. It's possible because of Jesus, not because of your efforts, not because of your perfection, but because he is a good God and he's a loving God. He sees you where you are and he loves you where you are. When you're messed up and you're far away from God, that is exactly where God wants you to be and he's going to look to you because God chases after the rebels. He chases after the misfits. He chases after the people that are far from him. He loves them and he brings them in. Those that are willing to say, you are God that has the fertile soil of the heart to say, God, I believe your gospel to be true. I believe that it's only through you. Growth begins to happen and it's gradual. They don't become a new person tomorrow, but they eventually become a new person. And God's okay with the time. He's okay with the journey. 
Will you trust the journey that God's taking you on? If you were a believer in Christ, you've made that vow of devotion. Will you trust that journey that God has taken you on? Allow him to advance his kingdom in your heart and use you to advance his kingdom in this world. Will you trust him? Stop disqualifying yourself and stop saying, I've done too many bad things or I made this wrong choice. You know what? If you were his, you have. Forgive and forget and move on because that's what he's done. Trust him and believe and do the things that God's called you to do and live boldly because when you do that, you're humbled and you see him and you look to him and trust only in him. Not only do you accomplish things that you couldn't accomplish before, but you get to be a part of a kingdom that is beyond your efforts. And God overextends his blessing and overextends his life and he lavishes his love on you and it causes you to respond with praise and worship which is how we advance his kingdom. It's by living for him. Tonight, I know I'm out of time, but tonight, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're in this place and you sit here tonight and you say, listen, I don't know who God is. And you know what? When I look at life, I look at myself and I see my failures and I see the things that I've not done well and I see the things that I continue to do wrong and that's all that I see and I feel this weight and this pressure and this guilt. Can I say to you tonight that God wants to remove that from you? Tonight can be the night that you say, God, I am yours, and that he plants a seed in your heart that begins to grow. And it will be slow. It'll be gradual. It's going to be continuous. But it's part of his kingdom. And it will be what he intended it to be. You will be the man and woman of God that he intended you to be. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I want it. God, may it be so. We love you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jamie. God's word is good. Amen? God's truth is real and alive tonight. We want to thank you for being with us tonight and also for supporting.